Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful week. Uh, I feel like we had... So we had President's Day, so we had an extra day off this week, which to me only makes the week seem like it was infinitely longer. <laughs> it, it did feel super long, and I even had a half a day of work in there, and it still felt like it was going on forever. You expect me to feel bad for you? I don't. You should. Oh. Poor you. This is a tough life that I lead here. Poor, poor okay. Jason. <laughs> but no, Thank it's been... You. I feel better now. You're, you're welcome. It has been a short week for us and the usual craziness at our house. I mean, I feel like we're always into something at this place. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Um, But we've got, I think, a great episode for you. We're in that realm of podcast episodes where like, well, it's not con season yet. uh, And it's not um, like top 100 yet. What are we going to talk about? So I've been trying to keep a running list of different items to talk about. I don't know. I I think of different things. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think this would be interesting. But. I don't know, Jace, I feel like you like a certain type of podcast and we don't really, you don't really want to vary from that kind of topic, so. No, I'm like, we probably do need to vary, honestly. So, uh, yeah, we we probably need to take a look at some of those out-of-the-box topics and check them out. So we are welcome to all suggestions at this point. Uh, if you contact with us on our socials and you think of something interesting that you want us to talk about, let us know and we'll take a look at it. I can't guarantee that I can convince Jason to do it, but I'll try. It's true. I'm I'm a tough nut to crack. <laughs> no, it's just you're so set in your ways. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you don't like change. <laughs> Speaking of change, let's talk about news because I actually kind of do have a change up for you today. Dun, dun, dun. So first, I want to talk about traditional Kickstarter news. Um, and actually, this I don't want to say this is a frequent flyer on the channel, but we do often talk about BoardGameTables.com. They like to release about four games at once, which makes it super hard to remember them all and find them on Kickstarter. But I sort of get where they do it. So this latest batch of like, which they tend to be small box games, but we've had a lot of really great luck with their games, playing some really fun ones. They put out some really cool stuff that I'm excited that they're publishing. Um, and this time we've got four games called Chomp, Sale, Couture, and Mindspace. I also like that each one of these is really kind of different. So like Chomp is dinosaur themed, which is cool, right? You've got these goal cards and you're trying to grow your dino inhabited land, they call it. So your dinosaur island, but we can't really say that, right? So you're growing this dinosaur island and you are like laying these cards or you're laying these tiles, it looks like almost, to put dinosaurs on your island. You also have to feed them as well and like fulfill these different goal cards that you have about different dinosaurs that you have and different things that I think you're supposed to have on your little dinosaur inhabitant island. Looks cool. What looks even better, and one that Jason has mentioned before, is Sail. Uh, because I believe the art... We were in Santiago. Is we were in Santiago. 
which, as we talked about previously, Jason is Weaverson's newest fanboy. In Sale, it's a trick-taking game. But there's also these cool, like, wooden bits. Like, I see a Kraken limbs everywhere and rocks and boats. So you're steering boats to fight the Kraken. But to do that, you're playing cards and winning tricks. And so it's got a scenario book with it. So, like, even I think the setup sounds cool, which you can work through these, like, it's different difficulty levels that they have in this book. Or you can... um like customize your own map. So that sounds cool. I love a good trick-taking game. And we were talking about this one and then we said it kind of rem- sounds like in a way reminding us of Tricky Tides, which has trick-taking, but there's also other things happening. So that sounds cool. What I'm really excited about is Couture because I love a good fashion theme. And we've talked about those. You saw them feature prominently at the very top of my top 100. So Couture is has auctions. It's an auction mechanic. And there are three that go on each time, I think, in, a, in a, every turn. And you can't win them all. But you're trying to win one so you can, um, like, modeling different types of fashion. And each type of fashion has its own scoring criteria. I realize I don't have a ton of information on these, but I'm giving you what I got. The last one is Mindspace. Mindspace has these really crazy dice. I think it's just a regular six-sided, but they've got all, it looks like they have um, like folds on them, which there is a technical term, I believe, for that, like on your brain. Because you are trying to like organize these cards. Um, It's like, a. it looks rolling right because I see dry erases. You're trying to organize uh, these cards that have different... Um, shapes on them into onto like a brain and make them fit. It looks really interesting. Uh, I see different colors. Uh, so the dice are throwing things at you and you have to arrange them, the polyominoes on your brain. Cool. The artwork on all these looks cool. Um, it just, the components look good, but they're also all small games, which I am a big fan of. Um, so if you want to know more about those, there is more about how to play the games. I'm just trying to give you a quick overview because there's four. Check out Chomp, Sale, Couture, and Mindspace on Kickstarter. There's five days less than that left on that campaign. Each individual one is $19, which is a pretty good price. So if you like one or maybe even two, 19 bucks is a steal. If you want all four, it gives you a little bit of, you get a little bit of savings, $76 for all four. Yeah, uh, these all-play games are killing it with those small boxes. Um, most of them are pretty good. Uh, we've gone over GPS. That one's hot garbage. But um, The rest, sale, really. What? Well, yeah. The rest were true. good. GPS, yeah, was woof. Yeah, that's true. Sale looks fantastic. Um, I think it's like the only my only issue with it, I think, is like limited communication, which is annoying. But Weavers in Santiago is awesome. That art looks fantastic. So that one definitely has caught my interest. Weavers in Santiago, you don't say. Yeah, it's Weavers in Santiago. You know that guy I really like, Weavers in Santiago? Oh. Is he a good artist? Interesting. <laughs> He's all right. <laughs> anyway, moving on to my other pick. This is where things get crazy. I want to talk about a video game on Kickstarter. Yes, that's right. I'm breaking all the rules. And you know why? It's my podcast and I don't care. <laughs> no, I... 
it's because I'm I am not a big gamer, a big video gamer. I will say that. Um, and there are some that I like, and it's mostly I don't know. There's a genre I'm sure for it. Cozy little world building. Yeah. Cozy adventure games, yeah. Yes, those are the kind I like. Disney Dreamlight Valley is my current obsession. Uh, definitely was on the bandwagon with Animal Crossing, those kind of things. The reason that I wanted to talk about this particular um, video game is because it reminds me actually of a little bit of the board game Broom Service, which we really like um, and has one of my favorite artists in the artwork. We were in Santiago. It is not We were in Santiago. That's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Clemens Franz. No. Um, and this game is called Mika and the Witch's Mountain. And it actually, they said a lot of it is based a little bit on Studio Ghibli um, anime, anime movies, which I am obsessed with. So this one is very much like Kiki's Delivery Service. If you haven't watched it, it is the most, I think, Western palatable um, of Hayao Miyazaki's films. It's really good. It's really good. It has really great voice acting in it with the English um, actors when they dubbed it. And they actually, Disney brought them to the States and took a, I think they did a really good job of not just overdubbing them with English, but they tried to get the meaning of the language in ways that um, match kind of the mouth movements, which you don't always see in dubbing. So all that to say, in this game, you're a little witch and you're like having your first job so you have to go and like you make deliveries for people on this island um and as you go make deliveries you're gaining money so you can use that money to upgrade your magic broom and you're using your magic broom to discover all the inhabitants of this island all the secrets hidden around this mountain and you're really trying to get your broom upgraded enough to fly to the top of the mountain that's your ultimate goal so delivering little packages, getting with the landscapes, it's very casual, but it does remind me of broom service where you're like delivering things. You can choose to be, you know, a brave witch or, you know, a cowardly witch, but you're going between all these different areas on um, this little island and worrying about the weather and all different kinds of things. And this really adorable, adorable video game um, seems to look like that. It says it's on... All consoles and Steam, which I don't use because I'm old and I don't understand technology or games very much, but I have a Nintendo Switch and that is like basically Nintendo's like, hey, old people, here's something you can understand. First with the Wii and now with the Switch. Um, but it it has, it just reminds me, it's not a board game directly related, but it makes me think of that kind of game so if you like games like that maybe you want to take a break from board games or maybe you have a gamer in your life who would love this game and you want to help them like kind of come towards board games dude get this game and then play broom service it's just a beautiful master plan and i'm all about the the manipulations um but either way check out mika and the witch's mountain there's six days left in the Kickstarter. It's just 22 bucks for the, a digital version of the game. If you want, like, the only physical game copy that they're going to make, I think, is for Switch. But I just thought I'd throw that in today, do something totally different. 
This is one that we backed. I did back this for you as well. Yay! Good. I'm not sure if I did digital or the actual one. We'll find out when I get in there. But uh, okay. either way, I mean, you'll have the game, so it doesn't matter. But And also, I think this would be like make a cool IP, like expand kind of what Broom Service does into a pickup and deliver with a little witch. I think that's just cute. I mean, you could you could slap a, a Kiki delivery service theme on Broom Service. That's effectively what that game is. Yeah. Like, but that would be easy. Yeah, it also says they, they used uh, the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker as a, a visual reference for some of this. So I don't know anything about that. Again, I barely play video games, but I just thought, let's do something different today. So yeah, that's, that's cool. all the news I have for today. All right, so let's get talking about some games that we played and... We did play a lot of games this weekend, actually. Um, it was a busy weekend of gaming. So the first one we're going to talk about is actually, I think, kind of new-ish. At least new in America. And it is called Bad Company. Now, I don't know who does this game. I don't know anything about it. Um, my friend Chris brought it over. I played it with him before, and then we played it again because Katie didn't get to play the first time. And effectively what you're doing in this game is you are controlling a gang some kind of gang my last gang was cheesy pimples that's really disgusting but that's what the name of it was Ew. um and the numbers are and each of the gang members are going to have a number that's going to represent a die roll from two to twelve so think like space base machi coro is kind of what you got going on here and then mm-hmm. on your turn you're going to roll five dice there's going to be four yellow ones and a black one uh whoever rolls the dice gets to put those four dice into two pairs they get to use both of the numbers from those pairs. Everyone else gets to use one of the sets. There's cards that let you use more, but as a general rule, you get to use one. Uh, and then you're going to gain resources, money, or different icons from the gang members that you have of that number. And you're trying to use the icons to complete contracts that you're going to have up in front of you. And contracts are going to give you, they're going to let you steal paintings. You may be able to steal some gold bars, some gems. Um, money bags and then if you have the most of those at the end of the round you're going to get this awesome blingy necklace that you can put around one of your gangsters which looks real cool and then if that number's rolled later you're going to get a point then after all that's done you can hire new uh, gang members to come which basically upgrades your number to give you more uh, like more rewards when the number lands and then you can um, you can move your car around on the board sometimes because the cops are chasing you as well and you're trying to move your car to get these bonuses before the cops pass you and the game's going to end when somebody completes six contracts or um, somebody makes it to the end of the track. Cop car or character. And that's it. So this is a Machikoro Space Base-esque game. But I kind of like this one a little better because it's more contract fulfillment. It's less on just scoring points, but you're getting different tokens. And you're putting these tokens in these cards to try to, to fulfill contracts. And I dig that. I enjoy racing a little car around. I love the player board that every time you upgrade your your mobster, their legs get longer, their waist gets longer. I think that's funny. Um, it's just a fun game. It's way faster than Space Base. I think we played a game in like 30 minutes. It was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and I really like it. So how do you feel about Bad Company? Um, and why are you putting a bunch of Cs on the outline? Whoops. <laughs> I was accidentally leading on, on my keyboard. I was like, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> <laughs> Ignore the man behind the curtain. Uh, <laughs> um, no, my sister sent me a text message asking me someone's name, and I was like trying to type it on my phone, and it was leaning against the computer. 
I was, I was talking. It's like C Z Z Z Z Z Z. I was like, what's going on? What are you saying? Don't you know the secret code? <laughs> Not when it's all C's. Uh, well, anyway, um, I yes, I didn't play it the first time you played. I came in. Yeah, halfway through. Halfway yeah. through, and this time I might has as well have not played it because I stink at it so bad. But it is fun. It is like Machikoro. It's like Space Space. Just add the contract fulfillment element, um, which I did like. Uh, I like that idea of like boosting up certain numbers. You know, try to get different symbols and stuff. Um, so and and that was fun. Again, the dice rolls never kind of went my way, or I don't know. I just didn't play in well. But it's light, it's fun. You can play it and do other things. I think the theme is cool. Um, yeah, it's a nice little quick game. Yeah, this is definitely faster than Space Base and a lot yeah. faster than Machi Koro. Um, it's probably lighter too. I mean, mm. same type of same type of idea. Um, I don't think it's lighter. Of- I think it's just as light. Um, yeah, I guess it feels lighter to me for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, because it even has an extra component of the contract fulfillment, but really it's not that hard. Um, right, yeah. It's but not I actually think it, it makes more sense in some ways. In Machikoro, because you do, when you roll those buildings, you're getting money in different ways. and Yeah, people were char- you're charging people rent and stuff on, in Machikoro, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's fine. Yeah, bad. Co- I like Bad Company better than both of those. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. And I think it is um, like a, a nice... Like, now that it exists, I probably wouldn't tell people that are starting out and want lighter games and stuff to get Machi Koro. I might say this one instead, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. This one is a, it's a more, uh, I think it's a, a fun, a more fun theme. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like gangster stealing stuff. Uh, and the artwork's in fun. Whatever Machi Koro is. Yeah. And the artwork's fun and it's totally ridiculous. Um, yeah, and like, is, like my gang was called the emotional ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly too emotional to actually like score any loop, but you know, it was fun. All right. So going on from a uh, light ish game, then we moved into a cooperative game that brutal is brutal. It's not actually like hard to play, but. It's hard to win. And that game is Yggdrasil Chronicles. And this is the second edition, I guess, of Yggdrasil. Uh, This one gives you this awesome 3D tree in the middle of the board. There's three different levels. The center level turns around. Each of the level has three spaces. And what you're trying to do on this board in this game is you are basically trying to survive effectively. And on your turn, you're going to have a deck of cards. And you're going to be... Flip, putting a card out in the middle from the top of your deck, and it's and then when it's your turn, because you can decide whatever whoever wants to take their turn can take the turn whenever, and you're gonna flip your card, and it's gonna be one of either the bad guys or the character that you need to move toward the goal to win. Now, one card flipped up, not a big deal. When two cards of that character is flipped up, it's going to activate. Bad guys are gonna do bad things. The good guy, I guess he's good. No, the character he that's feels bad. In yeah, some that's ways. true. It's just the character that you're time. trying to move to win is going to also do bad things. But I, yeah, I don't know. He, you have to make him move because that's how you win. Um, and then you're going to resolve all that. Then on your turn, you're going to take an act, some actions. You're going to be able to move. And then when you go to a location, you're going to be able to fight a baddie trying to get them back to their starting position. Because if some of the baddies get 
they move too many times, they could cause the end of the game. If they hit you too much, they could kill you, and then everybody loses. So you're going to the, the world, either interacting with the world, maybe getting some dice, getting some extra little characters that'll help you roll in battle, maybe going and battling a bad guy. Whenever you fight a bad guy, though, this is cool. You always win, so it will send the bad guy back to their starting space, but then you kind of have to roll to see like how difficult the battle was for you. And you may still have taken some damage, even though you still won. And then you're just going to keep going around like that. Uh, the board's going to move when certain bad guys move. Um, if if multiple heroes get in the same space, the, the actions are stronger. If a hero gets in the space of the monster, the actions are weaker. It's pretty simple stuff to do, but it looks fantastic on the table. It's really hard. It starts out like it was super easy, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, dead. So, um, yeah, sneaks up on you. I like this one. It's good. I even watched some videos of the first edition. It looks just as good as uh, just as good to me. It's different. There's some different mechanics, but this one is great, and I definitely want to play it again. So, how do you feel about Idriso Chronicles? Um, this is definitely not one I would have chosen myself to play, uh, just because it just doesn't look like a game I would play. But I didn't mind it. I I really um, enjoy actually the Norse theme. Um, I'm reminds me of some books I read, so I like <laughs> I like it in that aspect, and I I like that um, as a co-op, you really do need to work together, and it's about really helping each other. I think that that is something that's really key because it is so hard. Like it's, which would be the one thing I don't like about it because you know I'm a what I don't like when games are so mean. Like they're just I don't like when people are mean to each other, and I don't. Like when the games are mean, and this is really mean. I mean, it is really mean. But it's enough, like, there's enough interesting options and things that I definitely am like, ooh, yeah, we need to play it again. Like, we need to try it again and see what happens. And there's a lot of variety. We played on, like, this hard mode. And there's a hard and easy. Um, and then also, I believe there's, like, different scenarios. Six or seven. Yeah, six or seven of them, I think. That you can work through, which I think is... It would be really interesting too, um, as far as story development. But the way everything like fits together, like the production is awesome, um, which makes it fun. Like you want to do stuff and move around in the tree and, um, you know, get like fun cards. And I just think it's very engaging, um, even though it is hard. I, I don't feel like. I'm like, well, that was hard. I never want to play it again because there are some games where I kind of feel that way. I don't feel that way at this one. I definitely want to give it another go. I'd like to try it again because um, I think that the the element of working together is really so great um, that that for me is something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely come back and do that again. Yeah, it's definitely uh, we probably could have made it farther, but we didn't play that smart. So, yeah, we died kind of early because we were playing it fast and loose not really paying attention but but i don't know if for our first time we could have played better you know what i mean like yeah yeah we didn't know what we didn't know yeah yes uh, also for me we we went we've been meeting on nights that i um teach like multiple classes and one like i teach like at three different schools in one day on the nights that we have been meeting with our friends so by the by the time like i think we started this at, like 10 o'clock rolls around to me, it feels like it's three in the morning and I'm like a zombie and my my brain doesn't work very well. So I was really struggling to make sure I understood this game from the teach. Um, so I think that the next time we go to play it, that will help that I won't 
sit there like I'm almost hung over because my brain is so exhausted. That's true. It, it was a big teach for like this is one of those games where it's really not that difficult of a game, but there's just a lot of stuff. And there's lots of symbols too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like like Norse runic symbols that they're using, which is cool for the theme, <laughs> yeah. but also I my my Norse is not very good. So I had to, you know, brush up on that. But yeah, it was it was fun. Um very, very challenging. Um easy enough to, to teach to a casual gamer, but I probably wouldn't unless they super love this theme. Then I would go yeah. for it. Yeah, I would agree. And after we play this one a couple of times, I want to try the other one because Chris has the other one too, and I want to. That one's got pulling stuff out of a bag, and I but love that. Y- also, you can't resist old and busted. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that stuff. All right, so the next, the last game we're going to talk about is actually kind of a small filler game, huh? Huh? Mm. Which we may be talking about more later. Uh, but oh, we really, this- <laughs> we backed this on Kickstarter, and this is actually a game I think uh, Katie talked about in news at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's called Broken and Beautiful, a game about Kintsugi. That's the full name. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a little card game where you are collecting pottery, I guess. And then um, the pottery may break. And then you're trying to repair that pottery with gold, which is what Kintsugi is, to make it more valuable. Uh, it's done through some card drafting. There's going to be some cards on the table. You're going to take a card on your turn. Last person takes two cards. It comes back around. Then whatever's on top of the deck and the card that's left on the table, because there's one more than the number of players, anybody that has a piece of that kind of pottery has to break one. Uh, Then you can spend gold that you've acquired either throughout the game or by discarding a card that you took to fix your pottery to make it more valuable. Then once the deck is is out, you're going to score your cards. Each card's going to score a different way. Saucers go with cups. They're going to give points for based on cups. If it's fixed on the Kintsugi side, it's worth more points. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Plates go together. Bowls are number of bowls times themselves, all that. But repaired is always better. It gives you more points. And this is a game. It's a little quick 15, 20-minute game. Great art. We have the deluxe version, which is these awesome metal uh, golden bars. A really nice first player marker that's made of metal. Just nice production. Fun little game, really fast, and I enjoyed it. Not my favorite game in the world, but I did enjoy it. So how do you feel about Broken and Beautiful? Well, you know, I'm a sucker for a Japanese-themed game. So obviously, like, and, you know, I convinced you somehow to back this on Kickstarter because of that. And also because I love that, the idea even of Kintsuge, and I think it's kind of gained some popularity. I've seen, like, memes and stuff about it because the idea that... um there's this Japanese art form where let's take something that people think is broken and has no value and give it value again and show the seams and the brokenness, but highlight it even with gold and put it back together. And there's just so many beautiful life lessons. And then I could get all, you know, existential wishy-washy touchy feely about it, which Jason would hate. But as a game itself, like to have that theme, I think that's great. It plays so quick, um, which is nice. So even if you like the first time we played it and we weren't really sure, like, uh, it's so easy. Just like, oh, yeah, let's do it again. No problem. We probably I think we played this maybe three times in a row. Yeah, I think so. As we're figuring out and it wasn't it didn't overstay its welcome, you know, nice little quick 
you actually want things to break, which I think is what you fight against at the beginning. Your natural instinct is like, no, I don't want to get dishes that are going to break. But you really do. Because also like that is the whole concept that we make things more valuable after they're broken, which is like just it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so I, yeah, I like that. I, I do like every once in a while to have nice little filler games as much as we love Uncle Vitel and all of his really, you know, mind melting intense games. It is nice to have just like a little beautiful, well produced fun filler. Yeah, I agree. And this one is definitely really nicely produced. Um, yeah, I like it. It's, again, not my favorite. And if you want to check it out, you can. Uh, I did do a video for it, so you can go check that out and see what it's all about if you want to. Yes. All right, so those are the games we played. Let's keep going. And as Jason not so subtly mentioned um, when bringing up Kitsuge, we are talking about filler games. Now, we had to get some requirements because we said... Jason's like, we can make any game a filler game. I'm like, okay, so Twilight Imperium, Lisboa, filler games. He's like, yeah, it fills hours. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. I'm hilarious. You made me sound like a really funny guy right there. Just so you know. Are you serious? Like, did you hear the voice I use for you? Because it's that how it sounds to me when you say these things. Yeah, it made me laugh, though, still. Okay, of course it did, honey. Um, so filler games for us are games that are playing 30 minutes or less. I specifically left out two-player only games because, again, as two players, they tend to play faster. Jason and I can bust through a pretty hefty Euro pretty quickly because we take we think of other people's turns and we know what we're doing. Um, but I kind of left two-player only games out. And we also left out um, like party-type games. Another type of games we left out are card games, trick-taking games, games where playing cards, having a hand of cards, collecting cards, um, where that's the primary mechanics. Because we will visit those next week because I freaking love a good card game and they make excellent filler games. So this is our favorite filler games that are not two players, that play in 30 minutes or less, that are not card card heavy or card centric games i'll say and jason's got our first one yeah so that doesn't mean they can't have cards in them right this means they're not like you know drawing a card playing sets of cards yeah like i'm thinking like i just said yeah and my first one i just wanted to reiterate because my first one is cards but it's not a card game and that is silver and gold um this is a little flip and write game where you have these cards in front of you and you are a card gets flipped in the center of the table and you are marking off patterns on these cards to try to fill them in. You're looking, basically looking for treasure, I think is the theme. Um, and when you fill in a card, you're going to get some points at the end of the game. You take a new card. If you cross off coins, you get extra points for that. If you cross off an X, you can cross off another space on another card. Just a simple little polyomino flip and right game plays lightning quick. Um, no more than 30 minutes. It's probably 30 minutes. If, you're getting up every four minutes and doing something else. It's really quick and just a good time. So my number three, silver and gold. Yeah, this is a nice little game. I don't, I always say, oh, I don't like rolling rights or flipping rights. And then I look at all the number of those that I actually do own. And I'm like, oh, maybe I do like them. <laughs> um, 
my number three, so we're, I guess I didn't mention that we're going over our top three. I probably could have done five, but for the sake of your time, we're only going to do three. Um, my number three is a game that I really love. And it's thinky, um, but it's not thinky in a way that makes the game take long. And that game is Shipwreck Arcana. So in Shipwreck Arcana, it's a deduction game. You draw two tiles from a bag. One of them you're going to use, you're going to keep hidden, and that's it ha- they have numbers on them. Uh, one through seven. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One through seven. Um, you're going to display one. Uh, you're going to hide one of the numbers. That's the number you're trying to get everyone else to guess. You're working together cooperatively. Then you're going to use the other number to lay on um, one of these cards that is out there. The Are those the Arcanas? Yes. Yes, I thought on one of the arcana cards um, to try to give hints to your fellow teammates as to what number you have. And the arcana cards talk about different things like odd or even numbers. Um, the product of it is something else, which to me at first I was like, Oh God, this is math. Like <laughs> I hate math. Um, but I love deduction and it's generally simple enough math that even I can do it. Um, so I, I've actually, like, I played this with my Aunt Sam. I don't know if she listens to our podcast. Sometimes I think she does, sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she does. Yeah, I think it's occasionally. Um, we played this with her, and I'm like, I don't know if she's going to like this, because she's always like, I don't want a game that's complicated. I don't have to think too much, even though she totally can. She loved this game. She's like, oh, my gosh, let's play again. Let's play again, because it's really, it is really quick. If you're bad, it's super quick. Um, (laughs) That's true. That is true. But you are kind of trying to guess these numbers accurately in as little rounds as possible. Um, But you get to work together, which I think is so great. So it makes it like it makes it more interactive and it can make it easier on people that maybe aren't either as good at math or as good at deduction as others, which does make it hard sometimes because then you can have some people take over the game. Um, and then like, I do feel bad because sometimes I do that because I'm like, oh, it's obvious this and this and but and then people are like, what do you mean it's obvious? And then I get to this whole thing. But for me, it's very fun. It has really beautiful artwork and it plays so fast. So especially if you play it once, you're like, you didn't, you are like, you hear the instructions. You're like, I don't get it. After you see it being played and because on each person's turn, you're doing the same actions it's so easy to go again. <coughs> and if you do terribly the first time, you're going to do better the second time because you're going to understand it better. Even understanding some of the wording um, on the Arcana cards can be helpful like a second time around. And it is not a burden to play this game two, three times in a row. So uh, my number three is Shipwreck Arcana. Yeah, and it it does seem like some of the cards do feel like they're really mathy, but it's like the the some of these two numbers is greater than 12 or something like that. It's not like, you know, the a derivative. Of, and yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really basic stuff. Some of the arcanas are kind of confusing, but again, there's enough of them. If you don't like it, just get rid of it and get another one. Not a big deal. Well, and also like some of them are confusing. And then as you talk them through out loud with your group, I think that's the most powerful part of the, this being cooperative is then you guys can kind of come to, that consensus and understand what the card's asking you and and use it in that way. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right. So my number two is actually, I 
think is this Bruno Catala? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Theo Rivier is one of them. I know that, and it is Bag of Chips. This is I don't know. It's a dumb little game. It's a game where you <laughs> but are, you love it so much. I do love it. I I do love it. It's a game where uh, you're pulling these chips out of the bag, and the bag. Uh, the chips are basically like flavors of potato chips because it looks like a little potato chip bag. And you're going to have in your hand, you're going to have, I think, I forget how many cards. You're going to have a certain number of cards, which are like goals. And on these cards, it may say more of the yellow chips than red chips. And if that happens, I might get 47 points. Just for example, it's a random number of points on these cards. It is a weird so, random number. So every round, you're going to pull out a certain number of chips. Then you're going to discard a card. Uh, until the last couple rounds, and you're going to start playing cards down in front of you to score. There's going to be a card on the left, which is negative. There's going to be two cards on the right, which will be positive. So what you're trying to do is the card that's on the left, you're trying to make sure that you're not meeting that goal. The card on the right, the cards on the right, you want to try to meet those goals because they're going to be positive points. Left is negative points. But you play those cards before the last pull, and those last pulls could cause your card on the left to be worth negative points. Then once all the chips are out on the table, you're going to flip your cards and you're going to score. See who did the best. Uh, if you win, have the most points each round, you're going to get a little potato chip token. And if you get four tokens, you win the game. It's a simple little push-your-luck game, effectively. With This one does have a decent amount of math. It's a little more math-heavy than Shipbreak Arcana. But again, it's just adding and subtracting. But really fun game. Some of the stuff, the scenarios that come out on those cards that the score is, they're crazy. Because there's one chip, I think there's one color chip that has like three chips. And there's a card that if there's more of the, the, the chip of the fewest color than there is the chip of the highest color, you automatically win the game. And that is fantastic. It happened once, I think. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that often. But the fact that you can do that is really cool, and I love it. So my number two, bag of chips. If you don't know what it is... Check it out. We have a video. If you find it, just buy it. it. You will not be disappointed. It's a good time. Yeah, it's cheap and it's got that push your luck aspect and like it's super accessible theme. Like everyone's like, oh, like I've had people say, oh, look at that little bag of chips. That's so cute. I'm like, it's a game. Let's play it. We've talked about that ad nauseum, but it's good. Yep. Uh, my number two, I know we've talked about before. Um, but the last time I played it, maybe even the last couple times I played it, were underwhelming, I guess. And this is what drives me crazy. But this is the nature, I think, sometimes of games, uh, at least for me. If I play it and like the people I'm with like are like, eh, I don't like this game. I don't understand it. Eh, and like get really like annoying about it. I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't very fun because they make it not fun, even though I know the game is fun. And this game is an example of that. And it's the legend of the cherry tree that blooms every 10 years. Blossoms every 10 years, yeah. Okay, blossoms. Right. Legend of the cherry tree, for short, right? As short as that is. Yep. (laughs) But it is another push-your-luck game. It is so beautiful. The production quality is, I think, really good on this game. And it's Asian-themed, so obviously I'm going to be attracted to it. But you are, again, pushing your luck, drawing things out of a bag. You're drawing these really beautiful little blossoms out of different colors and you're trying to get as many as you can to score the most points based on these little cards and things like the nice thing is there's a screen where you have to put some 
some blossoms behind it that shows you exactly how to score, what you're looking for, what bus. It's great. It's all right there, which makes for me like, oh, it's this game goes even shorter because to teach it, you're like, hey, you draw this bag. This lets you bust. You say how many you're going to you're going to pick out first. Look at this card. That's what you're going for. End of. Um, but like people are like, I don't understand this. Like they just get, I don't, you draw them out. It's freaking like a simpler version of, um, <laughs> I can't think of the quacks. name of the quacks. Thank you. I'm like, what's a dang game? Quacks. Yeah. It's a simpler version of quacks with an Asian theme, but they like get all bent about it. Like I, there are definitely people have been like poopy pants about this and, I was looking around our game room today as I was filling out the outline. And I'm like, this game is so good. I know this is a good game. I just need to play it apparently with better people. But it is, it's quick. And again, so if maybe you don't quite get it the first time, super easy to be like, okay, let's try it again. Let's just turn around and do it again. And it changes all the time because of what you draw out, how far you're willing to push your luck, all of those things. So many great elements to this game, artwork included. That is, it's really one of my favorite fillers. The Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms every 10 years. My number two. Yeah. I haven't played this for a long time. I think you played it a couple of times when I didn't. Um, With poopy pants, apparently. I, I think yeah. you might have been there a couple of times, but you don't remember. I don't poop on this one, though. I like this one. No, you don't poop on this one. It's the other people that are pooping. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I do want to play this again. I do like it. It's, it is really quick. Um, yeah, that that might be my only issue with it. Is it might be a little too short. But yeah. it, it is short. Like you, that's why it's one of those push your luck games where it does behoove you to push your luck because it's going to go by quick and you want to get some points. So go big or go home in this one. Yep, that's true. All right. So my, my number one is actually a, a, it's it's weird. It's different. Um, this game does not exist in America. You can't find it to buy in America. Oh, my gosh. And, you're the worst. And. You can play it on Board Game Arena, which is where I have played it. I don't even know how I stumbled upon it, but maybe I saw it in a group or something. And it is called Loco Momo. Um, this is the theme of the game. It's pretty adorable. There are these little uh, animals that are in the forest, just playing and having a good time. Someone drops a camera, and these animals find it. And in order to be the, the new owners of this camera, the animals decide they need to take the best picture. And if they can do that, then they can own the camera. That's the theme. Um, so what you're doing in this game is there's these, there's this board of animals. There's like a rabbit, a leopard, a eagle, a bear, and a bird, some, some kind of like ducky or something. Um, and each of these animals are going to move around these board, the board to a different space, one of the four corners, and they're all going to move differently. Like one of them moves counterclockwise. One of them moves clockwise. The bird wants to fly to the, the next group, next space that has a bird. And then once you move the animal, you're going to collect all the tiles of that color. There's green, blue, and brown tiles. Then you're going to put those tiles on your player board in certain patterns to score different points. Each of the rows and columns are going to score in a different way, and you're just trying to score the most points. It takes place over six rounds. You're getting six turns, and you're trying to make the best out of those six turns. And you're moving one animal on each turn. So you're trying to get as many animals as you can in those six turns. On Board Game Arena, the game plays in about six minutes. So I'm assuming in real life, it would probably be 20, 25 minutes. Uh, it's it's cute. It's fun. It has kind of like an Azul feel, but way less convoluted and 
cuter. So my number one, Loco Momo. Yeah, that's weird. But I'm I'm glad you embraced that. I would love to get this game. It's awesome. It's from uh, the company. The new the company now is doing Celestia. They're called Blam. Hmm. But apparently this one's not coming to America for some reason. So I don't know. It's, it's Start really a fun. petition. We want Loco Momo. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. I want to <laughs> get it out there now. That's what we're doing. Hashtag, we want Loco Momo. Make it go viral, everybody. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, my number one just came to be uh, so while i was talking about games that when you play them and they're you have a bad experience that that kind of taints the game this game would i had such a good experience that it like holds a special place in my heart um and that's walking in burano so i convinced jason to pick this up um when we were on a trip for our anniversary um i don't know two years ago or something yeah, I think two years ago. Yeah. And we played it in this cool Airbnb that we stayed at. And um, I I love the the look of it. The artwork's fun. It's one of those games. And again, I've been thinking about what's the mechanic for it, where you are trying to place, you're placing these different parts of these buildings next to each other in order to get like maximum points and like then implement tourists that go with them as they're walking down the street in Burano, right? To score off of different things that are on these buildings, like cats or chimneys. Um, Santa Claus is the visitor, is the tourist you want for chimneys, or is he a local? I don't remember. But there's several different ways that you can score these bonus points, and you have to follow all these like kind of rigid rules about placement of different colors of these buildings. Oh my gosh, I love that. Like there's something about figuring out that puzzle that I think is so great. It plays so quick. And you play it once, you're like, dang. I mean, this probably is pushing that 30-minute mark. Um, yeah, maybe. It, at four players, it might be a little long, but two or three is probably fine. Yeah, I haven't really timed it. That's the, other, that's the thing that made this hard for me is I'm like, I have no idea how long a game takes to play because there are long games that can feel quick because you're like, oh, crap. Like, it's already over. Like, I'm out of action. Like, I was trying to do all these things. Like, for me, Woodcraft, I feel like, is a quick game. <laughs> Even though I know it's not logically, but I'm always like, oh my gosh, we're at the last round. Like, I need to complete more stuff. What is going on? So for me, time is just all this is relative and I don't pay attention to the actual passage of it when I play a game. Um, but this might be a bit of a stretch, maybe, but it is kind of, and filler are also considered to be a little bit lighter, but there still are meaningful decisions in this game, which is why I like it. So my number one, and it's pretty. Is Joaquin Brano. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this fits the criteria perfectly. It's a good game. Thank you. All right. So we do have a couple honorable mentions. Um, we could probably have a whole pile, but again, we don't want to keep you here all night. So um, some of these have cards again, but they're getting that card games. Reiterating. The first one is Ravenous River, which is one of those little a AEG small box games. We have basically all of those, I think. And this is a game about trying to get certain animals across the river, but they can get eaten by other ones. So you're trying to, you know, figure out who everybody is. So your animal doesn't get stuck with somebody that's going to eat it, all that kind of thing. Really fun. Plays in 15 minutes. Um, just shuffle up, do it again. And it's a good game. Don't go in there, which is one that, you know, was, I think it just came out on Kickstarter or, like late last year, a little dice game where you're rolling dice in this really cool dice tower and you're, 
putting little meeples on these different locations to try to collect sets of different cards to score points. Well, I guess to not have the most curses and not get ghosts. Uh, cool little haunted house theme. Really fun. Glow in the dark dice. Dig it. And sentient, which also could be, depending on the number of players, could push the boundary. But overall, it, you can play this game in about 30, 35 minutes. And this is a dice draft, no, a card drafting game where you're using these little workers to bid for kind of some area control to take cards to put on your board. They're going to manipulate your dice to try to, they're going to manipulate dice on each corner of the card to try to score points. You want to have dice of certain values to make the card work. They're going to have like little math equations on there that you're trying to make the cards fire off and score points. Uh, really fun game. I don't know how accessible it or how easy it is to find, but if you can find it, get it. It's good. I didn't realize it was hard to find. I mean, I don't know that. I, I don't think it's in print anymore, but oh. you could you could probably still find it, I think. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, last time we played it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've played this a long time. We got it out, and I was like, wait, it's over? What? Yeah, <laughs> it's re- at, two, over? at two players, it's real fast. I was like, oh, dang. And I'm, it's weird that I like it because there is mathiness happening. Oh, uh, yeah, yikes. Are you looking at the price? Yeah. So there's one listing on eBay from $68.52. There's a new version on BGD, so the Geek Market, that's for $75. There's a very good version for $35. That's not hateful. Yeah, only three of them. Too. Only that's three crazy. of them. Yeah. Sorry, we don't. I don't. I don't like putting inaccessible games on here. It just. I just figure we've got old and busted. Surely the people can find these games. <laughs> that's that's a good rule of thumb most of the time. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of our collection. Um, I also put Parks Memories on here, and then I, as honorable mention, and then I thought, is it a two player only game? But I think you can play it with more players, but you do have to augment the rules. Yeah, it says two plus on the box, so yeah, I think you can play in, like teams or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, but Parks Memories, so it's using like all that beautiful Parks artwork, but it's in a match game sort of way. Now, when you play this with Jason, it takes longer than 30 minutes because the man cannot remember anything. Bless his heart. Um, yeah, it's, ba- it's bad. It's it, bad. It's, it's bad. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm like, where are the children's rules for this that I can augment this to? Because, wow. Um, because it, you think it's memory match, but it's not like that. You actually use like game mechanics in it, which right, I think is yeah. really cool like these powers and you want to get certain like um, symbols to trigger off these cool powers that you have. Um, Yes, but you have to do that right. But it is, it really is super fun. I think there's a lot of really interesting play in this because it is like an elevated memory match kind of game. And it's gorgeous and parks and I love them. A grim grim is cards, but grim is not playing cards. (laughs) We've talked about Grim before. Oh, this is another like you can never find this game. Yeah, Dang this it. one's impos- impossible to find. Guys, I'm sorry, but Grim is really good and short, and it's an auction game. Um, I mean, you do play cards like you have your auction betting cards. Um, this this is why I didn't put this on my list because I I feel like it breaks the rules. But it's just a really fun auction to get set collection with like Grim fairy tale figures. That. Yeah, I I don't think it breaks the rules. It's an auction game, and you're just using the cards as like rewards. You're not, you don't have a hand of cards. Yes, you're you do. Draw- 
Yeah, but it, they're basically used as like an auction fodder. It's not like I'm draw. I need to draw a six so I can have a six in between my five and seven, like that kind of thing. It's none of that. I don't. Okay. Yes, it's cards, but I don't think it's. It doesn't feel like a card game. It, okay. I know that doesn't make sense, but that's how I, I feel. <laughs> okay, that's why it's on this list. Sorry, it's hard to find. Draftosaurus, I don't think it's hard to find. No, you can get that. But I haven't tried to find it. Um, so this is drawing dinosaurs, drafting dinosaurs out of a bag, placing them into your park. The dinosaurs are so cute. And it's like if you made a really it's simple version of Dinosaur Island, you would get Draftosaurus. And it's still really fun. And it's really quick. So it's really easy to play through on map and people are like, oh, I totally get this because each round you play it the same way. You're drafting dinosaurs and you put them on your thing. Um, and so then they have like there's different si- like you can flip it over and play the other side of the map, which we almost always do because just one side of the map is super short and even two sides of the map is really short. And who doesn't love to play with dinosaurs and put them in a park? And then uh, I also want to talk about Bang the Dice Game. The regular version of Bang takes it can take forever. I do like that because I think there's more strategy involved to it. But Bang the Dice Game gives you a lot of the great stuff of Bang, but takes out anyone who has any AP because you're rolling the dice and you have to do what's on there. And it goes super quick because you're like, oh, uh, I have to shoot three three people. Okay, bang and bang. Oh, you're dead. Whoops. Game over. <laughs> it just, the dice dictate it for you, that randomness. Uh, but you still get the feel of bang in that and so it's also even a nice intro to bang for people um that may want to go a little bit deeper when you have more time but to start with the dice game super quick filler we generally play several rounds of this anytime it comes out um just a great short game that does have card no this this version doesn't have cards so we're safe yeah i i did think of one more mm-hmm. break dancing meeples I saw that in there and didn't know if you want to talk about it. I don't like it, so I didn't talk about it. Oh, uh, I do like it. This is a little stupid game where you're throwing these meeples. You have like a minute, and you're rolling these meeples, and you're trying to get them to fall in certain positions to do like break dancing moves. It's, it's real like dumb. Pass the pigs with the break dancing thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pass the pigs, but you're throwing meeples instead. It's real dumb, but it's five minutes. You play five rounds, and each round's a minute. So uh, it's the the sheer definition of a filler game. There's no setup. You get the thing out, you set a timer, and you go. I, I like it, but it's not for everybody for sure. I, I do like it, though. Well, I was thinking when you were talking about Grimm, I was wondering if Campy Creatures is 30 minutes, but I don't know. Because, again, I'm bad at timing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That does function similarly. But I think it might push the boundaries of time. Yeah, it, it can go a little long. Okay. Forget I said that, not on this podcast. So those are some of our favorite filler games. I know there are more. Even as I was looking around at our collection, I know we've played filler games with other people because it is an easy way to get out, get through like a bunch of games when maybe you're short on time or short on attention spans, um, which I think happens, you know, a lot because not everyone is a super gamer, but filler games are a great way to put together a game day with people that aren't into games as much and there's such a wide variety of what's out there and you know finding the right theme and and making it work for those groups I think is the beauty of filler games um because a lot of people don't feel like committing to a long game or other like if I hear one person say I'm just not smart enough to know how to to be able to handle that game like that I'm gonna punch somebody in the face I'm tired of that I don't want to hear that negative self-talk 
And we wouldn't have a game and I wouldn't suggest it if I thought you were too dumb to play it. Like, what? sorry, I got to put my soapbox away. Hang on. <laughs> okay, I'm back. So anyway, love filler games. Great. And I want to hear about more because I am always trying to pick up new filler games. Like when we go to game shops, I am looking at like the little box games, especially because those really intrigue me. Cat Lady. Um, it's another one that's good. That Spoilers. We just... We'll be talking about some of these next week. Not Cat Lady. Is that cards? Yeah, it's all cards. Okay, never mind. I'm done. Tell me about your filler games. You know all the socials. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why we didn't have a ton on this list, because a lot of fillers are card games, honestly. Or at um, least a lot of the ones we play, because we play, we're play. Yeah. we in the Midwest, and people know that's cards. True. Yeah, a lot of trick-taking games and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay, I'm turning into a pumpkin. We're done with this podcast. Uh, find us on social media. Tell us about your favorite filler games, because I love to hear about new ones. Okay, I've been Katie. <laughs> And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.